Good morning, Rotobonners. What's going on out there? Pete Davidson here. I hope all of you are well. It's Tuesday, so it's waiver wire day. Some of you probably don't know, but that was the Beatles, believe it or not, bringing us in with a song called Flying. I always love that song, mostly because it's psychedelic as hell, but it's funny. It's called Flying, but I always, when I listen to that song, I always picture a plane not really flying very well, sort of on and off, um, which is sort of fitting because I think a lot of us, and like, I'm a good example because I have so many teams, like, you, you know, come up with a situation your team might be in. I probably have a team in that situation. Um, you guys may remember I mentioned, I think it was back in week five, uh, I, I drafted a team in, in, in a league style I've never been in against some of the biggest sharks in the industry and really screwed the pooch on the draft, went to Cleveland heavy, one of the worst teams I've ever drafted in my life. And I knew my money was pretty much dead, um, you know, pretty much by the end of September I knew I was in deep trouble. Um, and I, the only reason I bring it up is I mentioned, like, I might finish last in this league. I I have never finished last in a fantasy football league in my life, with the exception of one dynasty league. And quite frankly, I was tanking for Zeke Elliott. So, you know, being dead last, really, for me, I, I, <laughs> I'd never done it before. It was, it was disconcerting, because I really thought that's where I was headed. And luckily, I've gone on a winning streak. I am now third from the bottom. Um and that's a spot I think I've been third from the bottom a couple times. Um, so hopefully that'll keep up. But So I've got one team. That team just absolutely like the dregs of the league. Um, and then I've got leagues that are fighting to get in. Excuse me, teams that are fighting to get in. Um, and I've got uh, a handful of teams um, that are just trying to lock down buys. So really, I'm, I've got teams across the spectrum. Uh, I'm going to be making a lot of different types of waiver bids tonight and tomorrow morning. Um so, you know, I, I definitely have a, a wide-angle lens on uh, this week's uh, group of candidates. So um, it, this is going to be a typical waiver wire pod, uh, probably going to be a fairly short one. It's not, you know, there's really not a lot to, to get into in terms of telling you guys about these players because 80% of these guys we've been talking about uh, all year long. Uh, but there's a couple new names we definitely want to hit and, you know, maybe a couple strategical points uh, that we want to hit. Um, I don't know how you guys did with last week's DFS materials. Uh, I did okay. I, I, I just, I survived. I think I was down a couple bucks, maybe like 20 bucks. I had a couple hundred hours in play. Uh, I actually wanted to do more. I just sort of ran out of time to make lineups. Um, I didn't even get onto FanDuel or Fanball last week, unfortunately. Uh, sucks too, because I think I would have done well with my Fanball lineups. But, um... The one thing, I mean, for me, I did well in my cash. I think I was about 80% in my cash lineups uh, in terms of cashing them. But I think I only hit, I think, 2 out of 10 GPP lineups, which is low. Uh, and on the whole, I think I was down about, I think I was down about 20, 30 bucks, uh, which isn't too bad. Um, so I'm still doing okay uh, on the year. I hope you guys are too. Uh, and I actually, I, I got started early on this week. I spent a couple hours yesterday uh, on week 12 because I know I need to get ahead of the schedule because next week is for me is going to just be crazy and 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 it's good for you guys to get your heads a little bit ahead of the game too because Thanksgiving can be a tough week um, if you have injured guys 
um, you know, that are going early, or if you have injured guys on the weekend, you may have to decide to play some Thanksgiving players preemptively. So, you know, get your mind ahead of that a little bit. Obviously, it's going to be week 13. It's going to be a huge week, and it's going to have that added complexity of the three Thursday games. Um, you know, and, and for me, just to give, just, you know, might as well pimp myself a little bit here, uh, Jimmy Hackett and I will be doing our traditional three-hour Thanksgiving show on WEI from 9 to noon. Uh, if you're a local person, please uh, tune into that. Uh, send us a text. Talk to us on Twitter. Give us some questions. We're going to need we're gonna need some stuff to talk about. Three hours. Um, so there's that. And additionally, so next week I'm going to have to be doing a waiver wire on Tuesday, but then getting ready for a three-game slate on Wednesday, get the rankings done early, um, I guess. I'm, <laughs> I haven't even really figured out how I'm going to do that. But yeah, so it's basically going to be like two slates on one week uh, and a lot of work. Plus, I'm going to be doing holidays with family in town. So just letting you guys know in advance, next week's going to be crazy. I will get all the content that you're used to up. Um, when the actual rankings go up, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but it, you know, there will be rankings. It might be a matter of me doing Thursday, um, rankings for the Wednesday players, dummying up the rest and then doing like a Friday update. Um, and then also maybe a Saturday update. I don't know, but we'll get it figured out. There will be good content next week. It's just, you know, Thanksgiving week is crazy. Um, so just want to let you guys know what's going on there. Um, okay. So, um, we're going to just... Now that I gave you a little six-minute wind-up, we're going to do the usual, uh, go through the quarterbacks, then the running backs, then the receivers, then the tight ends, and we'll get you out of here. So, uh, without any further ado, uh, let's talk some quarterbacks. Now, on the whole, I would say quarterback is a position of strength this week. It sort of makes sense. You know, we see quarterbacks getting rostered up a lot, people getting ahead of their bye week situations, so on and so forth. This time of year, uh, as teams get more desperate, they stop drop. You know, they start dropping backup quarterbacks because who even cares? They're they're looking to roster things to get them into the playoffs. Uh, in a lot of my leagues, there are a lot of quarterbacks on the board. Um, Daniel Jones, for all the reasons I've been saying, I think is an excellent guy to roster. Sam Darnold, I think, is sort of the inversion of Jones. I think Darnold gets you maybe into the playoffs, has a nice Week 14 matchup. Jones is more about really good matchups in the playoffs themselves. Um, some other guys you might be able to stream this week. Ryan Tannehill, he's going to get the Jaguars. Jacoby Brissett, uh, he's got a game with the uh, the Texans, uh, Baker Mayfield, sweet matchup uh, at home against the Dolphins. Uh, Derek Carr at the Jets, definitely playable. Um, let me see. Nick Foles, Tennessee, you know, certainly playable. Driscoll, you know, he's been, he's, he's the guy who saved my ass in cash, by the way. I went to Driscoll in cash. Um, it's funny how things funk you up sometimes with lineup construction, but it got me off the tight end play I should have been in, uh, been, I should have been on. Uh, but on the whole, it allowed me to get a, an extra stud into my lineup. So Driscoll definitely helped me. Um, and uh, he's got the Redskins this week, so he's a decent play. So, I mean, right there, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's like eight quarterbacks. Um, if you guys have questions about any other quarterbacks, feel free to hit me on Twitter. Uh, I am going to, good time to throw this in. I will be out early afternoon today. Uh, I'm going to be at a couple doctor's appointments. Uh, scheduled stuff, nothing bad. Um, one of them's for the kid. So, 
um, should be back mid to late afternoon, and that's when the updates uh, on the morning waiver wire will begin. I will be cranked uh, in and really probably doing this stuff most of the afternoon into the evening until dinner. So look for the last update probably around 7 p.m. Uh, on the written waiver wire. Uh, and now let's jump over uh, and talk about some running backs. This is sort of an interesting week with the running backs just because I think you can make a really good argument for a couple different guys at the top in terms of top priority. And, you know, some of the argument may have to do with, you know, your team, where you're at, what kind of players you're looking for, the scoring uh, style of the league you're in. I mean, Bo Scarborough, you could argue he's the best guy to go get, um, particularly if you are not in a PPR league. Problem uh, with Scarborough, I mean, it's pretty obvious the Lions have been a little schizo uh, in terms of who their back is. Now, he did well, and, you know, I would think he's now the early down uh, guy there until Carrion gets back, which effectively is the rest of the fantasy season. So, uh, Scarborough definitely is a decent add. Um, now, Jonathan Williams is a little bit more of an explosive player. Uh, we saw that with what he did after Mack went out of the game. Obviously, that was a game where they were running the shit out of the football anyway. Um, so, you know, that could have a little bit to do with the Colts' offense, the offensive line, the fact that things were popping. Um, you know, Williams comes in, and they keep popping. Um, now, this week's matchup is a little bit tougher, uh, obviously. It's not easy to run uh, on the Texans. Um you know, so that, that that could be a factor. Uh, obviously, the Texans are a good team. This game could end up being high scoring. It could easily tilt towards Naim Hines, um, which leads to my next point, which is, you know, Hines could be the back to take, uh, uh, you know, with this week's class, assuming he's available in the league you play in. Um, you know, Hines is a really good athlete. He's got all kinds of speed. Lots of games going to be played on turf here. You know, just looking at their schedule, uh, at Houston, that's indoors, versus Tennessee, that'll be indoors. At Tampa, will be outdoors. Um, then at Saints, indoors, uh, versus Carolina, indoors. So those are all good uh, setups for Hines, who's got great speed on the turf. Uh, a lot of them are competitive games, which I also think could be good for Hines. Um, so, you know, I got to be honest, in full PPR, I'm, you know, I might play the safer route and take Naeem Hines. Uh, although, I, you know, I think it's fair to say Williams would be the upside swing. Um, you know, I really liked his talent coming out of college, and if for some reason he put it all together, uh, he could have a ton of ceiling. So, you know, I think either one of these guys uh, makes a good add. In PPR, I might consider going after Hines. Um, and that leads me to my fourth guy, which, you know, again, I think you can make an, a, a good argument that Darius Geis is the guy to go after, you know, assuming he'd be available in your league. Um, you know, he, he didn't play a ton of snaps against the Jets, was like 25%, didn't get a, a huge number of touches, but he looked very good, I thought. Uh, the feet looked quick. Uh, he had that typical alpha mentality when he runs the, the, the touchdown. He, he stiff-armed and threw a couple defenders out of the way uh, and sort of made his way down the sidelines. He, he's a tough kid. Um, so, you know... You know, the trick with Geis is you have to sort of profile Washington. Now, a smart organization would use Geis enough to get a feel for where he's at, to, to, get, to gain some confidence in him, um, but they probably wouldn't go wear him out. But this is the Redskins. I mean, who knows what they might do? For all we know, Geis is getting 28 carries a game down the, down the stretch once he gets up to speed. We just don't know. Maybe they're going to try to, like, you know, sell season tickets to the fans by, by showing this guy off. I mean, it's the Redskins. We really don't know. Uh, 
So while I want to say guys shouldn't get more than 50% of the juice the rest of the way, because why would you wear out a guy with that much talent on a lost season? Could be wrong. You know, by two weeks from now, he might be getting all the juice and, and he might be a must start. Um, and in that scenario with his talent, gosh. Uh, so, you know, for me, I'm tempted to just sort of, you know, go after guys as a talent based ad uh, and hope he stays healthy and that they continue to up his workload. Um, I mean, I have to be honest, in most situations, given these four players, I'd probably go after Geis. Now, that's counterintuitive, I think, to some folks, and, and maybe you'll be able to get him with a secondary bid uh, because everybody's going to be going after the shiny object. It's up, it's up to you to profile your own league and decide how you'd want to do this. Uh, but for me, and, and granted, most of my teams this year are pretty strong, so I'm looking for guys who might be able to break into a strong lineup versus guys who can help me when I need them. Um, like, I'm not... I'm not picking up guys to get me in the playoffs this week for the most part. I'm looking at guys for rest of the schedule. So, um, you know, in that sense, I think Geis has some real uh, potential. So, you know, look at your situation. Go horses for courses. Do what's going to help you the most. Um, and there are some other guys I'm already considering adding to the later wire. You've got uh, Kalen Pelage, the blind running back, who continues to get carries. And when he, when he doesn't run into that fire hydrant, he's uh, picking up two and three yards sometimes. <laughs> Caleb Bellage reminds me of that old Bill Hicks bit when somebody asked him how many packs he smokes a day and he's like, dude, I go through two lighters a day. <laughs> Caleb Bellage is like a Hummer. It's it's not it's not miles to the gallon, it's it's gallons to the mile. Anyway, um uh, another guy I think we can look at is Trey Edmonds on the Steelers. Obviously that's gonna have something to do with the availability of Connor. Uh, but if Connor's gonna be out again, Edmonds looks like a guy who's gonna be getting a lot of carries. Uh, they're not giving Samuels tons of carries. Edmonds is probably a better ball carrier than Samuels at this point. In, and I think it's important to note in their scheme, the way that the Steelers like to run, Edmonds is more that style. But clearly Samuels brings some special to the table. He's a phenomenal receiver, can do a lot of things. He's an exceedingly good blocker. Um, so I think Samuels, you know, if for some reason he's out there, go get him for sure. Um but Edmonds is a guy, especially in deeper leagues, uh, non-PPR leagues, um, especially if you're in a bye week crunch, he could have some appeal. Uh, keep an eye on LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams. Uh, McCoy still over 50% uh, in most leagues, but he could have some availability because a lot of people mistakenly, and we talked about this I think two weeks ago, they left McCoy for dead. I, I, I don't. That was really, I think, sort of a foolhardy thing to do. Um, you know, I, I think very likely what Andy Reid did was simply give his guy a rest. I don't think he was getting benched, and we saw that last night. He got a goal line carry. I think it's worth noting that the goal line carry that McCoy got on the touchdown was before the injury uh, to Damian Williams. Now, Damian Williams' thing was weird. Uh, what it looked like is that he went for a run towards the end of the run. It looked like, I think it was a safety or a linebacker, came in and tried to get a punch on the football to knock it free. Missed the football, uh, hit uh, Damien sort of right on the vortex, one of the lower ribs near his, uh, uh, you know, sternum. Uh, so I don't know if it sort of got in the cartilage, whether it was just a painful bruise, whether conceivably it cracked a rib or something. We'll find out the extent of the damage. 
Um, but it, you know, that could be nothing. Like he might be practicing fully by Friday. We don't know. Uh, but if you, you know, couple scenarios here, you rely on Damian Williams. Well, I'd go get Daryl Williams just in case. Um, but in any scenario, even if Williams is coming back, I think he and McCoy look like they're in some kind, you know, type of even split. So I think LaShawn McCoy needs to be rostered everywhere. And then Daryl Williams, I think, you know, on the off chance that, uh, Maybe, for all we know, Williams got like a displaced rib fracture or something, um, in which case he could be out for a while. So uh, I think Williams is a guy to pick up uh, in deeper formats for sure. Uh, and let's just hit, um, I, I'm going to probably dig up a couple other ideas um, for guys you can grab and play this week. Hopefully I'll find some stuff uh, when I go through this with a really fine-tooth comb. Uh, but, you know, just to go through, I think, some of the better... Uh, handcuff options because really it's handcuff time you know if you don't have weak you know issues for this week this is a really good time to go handcuffing um, so Alexander Madison Tony Pollard Wayne Gallman uh, we talked about Jalen Samuels I think Mike Davis instead of Reggie Bonafone uh, on Carolina is probably the way to go um, Malcolm Brown in my opinion is probably the way to go with the Rams uh, Gio Bernard um, I think Bilal Powell is the way to go in the Jets personally Rashad Penny great handcuff Deion Lewis great handcuff uh, Gus Edwards good good solid handcuff who really I thought he was running really well the other day you know Gus Edwards has a skill he is a really big back who has the ability to get small in the hole um, his, he's, he's a good bender. He can sort of slide through holes, and then when he gets to the second level, he knocks guys down. He's an underrated player. Uh, Reichwell Armstead is another good one on the handcuff front. Uh, so this is a good time to go out there and get those guys who can protect you uh, in case of injury. Uh, we don't need to um, stash as many players now. We don't need to load up on bye week replacements. Um, okay, we're getting near 20 minutes here. Now, getting near... 18 minutes actually so we're, we're on pace here i'd like to get you guys out of here under 30 if possible um so let's get into some receivers now i'm going to be looking um at a lot of different receivers uh by the time i get the final wire done um we'll just go over what i have so far um i, I mean i don't I, i'm thinking i'll probably have another two or three names uh, beyond what we go over here uh, again, because I'm going to scour uh, this afternoon when I get home, look at some schedules, see if I can come up with some other ideas. Uh, but the two giant guys, I think, very interesting. Obviously, I don't even like talking about the Sterling Shepard thing. I don't want to root against a guy to get a head injury. I'm just trying to look at the reality of it. The thing with Sterling Shepard, look, this is a guy who's had concussions in the past. He had two within the first five games of this season. That's bad. Moreover, when he was coming back from the second one, he went in and out of the protocol without you know being hit. So he was bad, then he was good enough to clear the protocol, and then he was back in it. You know, that's disconcerting to me. I, I'm surprised the Giants aren't shutting this kid down. I And I admittedly, I'm going on feel here because we don't have all the information, but it seems to me that this player is pushing to get back on the field. And I mean, God bless Sterling Shepard. I mean, I, I love a gamer. I love a guy who wants to play, and if he's cleared, then he can play. But, you know, at some point, I think it's certainly possible that the Giants step in here. If he has even a hint of concussion stuff over the next couple weeks, I think they shut him down. Um, so, you know, we're talking about what, week 12, 13, 14. I mean, you know, he's got to make it through three weeks to get to those super choice week 15, 16 matchups. I think there's a really good chance that the guy who's going to be partaking of those matchups is actually Slayton. And also factor in that the Giants, you know, 
we don't know that Barkley's going to make it through the year with this ankle thing. They could shut him down. We don't know that um, Evan Ingram is going to make it through the year. They may decide to shut his foot down. If either one of those things happens, it could easily turn the Giants into a three-wide kind of team where Slayton is playing almost full-time snaps with Sterling Shepard on the field. So I, the, the emphasis I want to make here is that, yeah, add Shepard because the upside is there, but I'd add Slayton as well. Or if I have Slayton, I'd hang on to him. Or if Shepard's not available, I'd stash Slayton. Um, you know, Slayton's, man, he's really made an impact. He's shown some explosiveness. As I, as I was saying a couple weeks ago, this is a guy I missed in my rookie process. I don't miss a lot of rookies, but I missed on this guy. Uh, and, you know, he's legit. So uh, I would be hanging on to him in all 12-team leagues, even if it's just to put him at the end of my bench. Uh, Debo Samuel, again, looked outstanding. That's two weeks in a row where he's just really looked the part. Obviously, you've got injuries with Kittle. You've got injuries with Sanders. They're not serious. Probably those guys uh, return to major roles this week. But I think Samuel's the third guy. And in this offense, there's more than enough juice for a third guy. So, uh, the, And the other thing about uh, Debo Samuel, by the way, He's a guy who's going to get, I think, rushing attempts on a fairly consistent basis. So he's got multiple ways to get that total yardage up. Uh, and, you know, the 49ers, I think, teams are starting to figure them out a little bit. I think you're going to see them throwing the football a little bit more over the second half. So I, I really like Debo Samuel. Uh, Randall Cobb, uh, we were talking about him last week. You know, look, he's a good football player. He's been one for a long time. We know that. It's nice to see him playing healthy again. And it's nice to see him working the middle of the field you know, not getting a Remember, it got to a point in Green Bay where teams knew that Rodgers was looking for Cobb. He was getting help. He was not seeing a lot of single coverage um, in big spots on third down. It's different with Dallas. So now you've got a guy playing healthy, getting softer coverage um, as the third option. Uh, teams cannot sit back against Dallas. You have to prospect the running game. So Cobb's in a good situation. Uh, his veteran ability to find soft spots in zones is really paying off. Um, and his targets, you know, in that 7-8 range, as I say in the article, there's really no reason not to consider him as, a, as you know, a flex play, really in all leagues. Um, but uh, I would definitely go out and roster him. As I say, that Week 15 matchup may not look good, um, but the thing is, the slot is going to work in that matchup, okay? Um, so, you know, Cobb, I think, is a good ad. Now, James Washington, uh, I wrote him up this morning. That's about Juju and Deontay both being dinged up. Good chance those guys are going to miss the game this week. Uh, so, you know, James Washington could be the number one receiver uh, for the Steelers. Uh, and given the fact that he has some, you know, long-term working relationship with Mason Rudolph, I think that's an added plus, especially when he's going to be getting a lot of targets. Um some guys who are over 50% owned that you might just want to kick the tires on. Obviously, you want Devontae Parker right now if you can get him. If you can get Will Fuller, uh, who should be back this week, you should obviously get him. He would be like the top priority. I think Josh Gordon, who's pretty heavily owned, uh, given Lockett's injury, Gordon, uh, if Lockett's not going to play this week, I think Gordon is a strong flex option this week. Uh, I think we need to keep our heads on a swivel. I'm going to be doing some digging on the Patriot receivers uh, throughout the rest of the day. Try to figure out who's healthy, who's not, and then who might be the best, uh, you know, you know, ad we can make uh, for this week. Obviously, uh, Dorsett could be out. Uh, it's possible that Sanu uh, is out. So uh, we'll have to see how that breaks. And uh, depending on what kind of information I get, uh, we may add uh, a Patriot or two uh, to the final wire. Uh, Kendrick Bourne really seems to be coming on. They're 
I don't know. I really don't know why, but they're souring on my guy Dante Pettis. Um, so you know, Bourne is a guy to take seriously. I think in really deep leagues, like 14 teamers, you can throw that guy in as a flex. Um, and keep an eye on Josh Reynolds this week. Uh, again, this is one where I want more information. But if Robert Woods for some reason is going to miss another game, um, and we have to look at Cook's status with that head injury, uh, for all we know, Josh Reynolds is the number one receiver this week. Uh, well, the best option behind Cup, the number one outside receiver this week. So Reynolds is a guy in deeper leagues I think to take seriously. Um, Miko Hardman is another guy we want to pay attention to. If the, if Tyreek Hill's injury looks serious, like serious where it could keep him out of the game after the bye, then Hardman is like a must-add player. Uh, and then we also have to consider Sammy Watkins' soul. That's sort of a joke, but man, he just isn't getting it done. Um, so Hardman, I think, is a guy in deeper leagues to just roster because of the upside. You should, have, I mean, he should be rostered in all deep formats already because of his connection uh, to that offense. Uh, but you know, the bye is, you know, uh, it definitely complicates the calculus here. Uh, but, um, you know, yeah, like if I'm a Tyreek Hill owner and Hardman's out there, I'm just rostering him, period, because you never know. How, Hill goes down, Hardman becomes valuable. It's, it's not that tough to figure out, right? Um, Albert Wilson played over 50% of the snaps the last two weeks, had six targets last week, which is a season high, obviously, with Preston Williams out for the year. Uh, Wilson could uh, start moving into a higher volume role on a team that needs to throw a lot. So uh, Albert Wilson, I think, in deeper PPR leagues, nice guy to pick up. Uh, Russell Gage is another guy who, in PPR leagues, can give you a little something this week. Uh, the matchup is solid. Uh, I'm going to go through this, and again, I may add another three, four, five receivers um, uh, to the final waiver wire. Uh, in fact, you know, one guy that I forgot to mention uh, was uh, Scott Miller from the Bucks. Uh, I want to take a look at that game. I know he played a significant number of snaps. You know, he caught like four or six targets for 70-something yards. Uh, so Scott Miller, I think, is another guy uh, we're going to consider. Um, so, you know, check out the final wire. We'll see uh, who's there. But let's, uh, let's do some tight ends, and then we'll be able to get you guys out of here. Maybe even under 30 minutes. How about that? You know, not, not that I'm getting cocky here. You know, I'll probably go long-winded on the tight ends and, and fail. But um, tight end, you know, it's been a problem position for us most of the year, but it's not a tough position this week in free agency. We got options. I mean, Dallas Goddard is widely available. I mean, he is... It's tough to predict what Philadelphia is going to do, but he's on the edge, right on the fringe of maybe becoming like a weekly tight end and not necessarily like a weekly fringe one. I mean, if he continues to play 80 plus percent of the snaps and with Deshaun Jackson out of the picture, it's possible. I mean, we don't know what, to, you know, and also Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, not only does he need to get back, but he needs to show that he's, you know, something close to the Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey we have, you know, come to know and, and like, um, you know, so Goddard is a guy where he gives you some floor, I think, for sure. Uh, but his ceiling may be expanding. Uh, so I really like him as an ad. He's probably my top ad. I think Fant is also in that category just because the volume they may throw at this guy um, is just going to make him fantasy viable. You know, even if he's only catching 50% of his targets, um, you know, I mean, this guy saw 11 tight end targets last week. <laughs> um, you know, and Cortland Sutton's got some tough matchups. So, um, you know, 
I, I think Fant is a guy to add in 12-team leagues as a tight end, too, and conceivably as a guy you can stick in there uh, and start. Uh, some other guys who I think we need to think about, Dawson Knox on the Bills has looked better and better. Uh, David Njoku could conceivably play this week, but you know he could be like their starter uh, by next week. Uh, Darren Fells had a bad game, but 84% of the snaps, we know he's a big factor for them. Uh, Ross Dwelly, two TDs. So if you're a Kittle owner, I think... Keeping Dwelly rostered behind Kittle in a deep league makes some sense. Uh, also, we're not 100% sure Kittle will be back this week, uh, so there's that. Uh, Jack Doyle's available if you're real desperate. Janu Smith, I think, is an underrated guy who's available in a lot of leagues. If you're in a super-duper deep league and there's like nothing out there, you could consider a guy like Ben Bronacker on the Bears. He had some downfield targets. Um, you know, he, he could be a guy who could help you out if you're in a serious jam. Uh, so there's a lot of guys out here, a lot of people who can help you. Um, Hollister uh, on Seattle, heck of a matchup this week. He's their starter now. Uh, he makes a really strong tight end too who can go into your lineup if need be. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of ways you can go out there. Um, I don't think tight end is necessarily a problem position this week. It's been it's been tough on us throughout the season, but it's, it's settling in pretty decent now. Uh, and once the buys are over, it'll be fine. Um, so that's pretty much it uh, for the Rotobon waiver wire. We did get it in, at least the spoken part in under 30 minutes. Um, and like I alluded to earlier in the pod, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride for me over the next, you know, 10 days or so, two weeks or so, uh, because Thanksgiving week is uh, challenging in that it's a holiday and I'm going to have a lot of family around and uh, I'm going to have some mandatory stuff on my plate um, along with a lot of good food. But um I, you know, for those of you who've been around in years past, we sort of figure it out on the fly. I will get all the content out there. It's just a question of when. Um, Thursday, obviously, is going to be sort of tough. Uh, so, you know, getting like the full season rankings up on Thursday when I'm doing a three-hour morning show for EEI that day, I'm not sure how that's all going to go. Uh, maybe I can just get it all done a day early. Uh, but remember, I got waiver, the typical waiver wire stuff to do on Tuesday. Um, and I do need to prepare for the Sunday slate as well. So it's going to be an interesting week. I'll get it all done. I'm just not sure what the timing on the release of some of this stuff is going to be. Um, but as always, uh, thanks for listening to the Rotobomb Pod. I hope we've served you well this season. Uh, and uh, I will see you all. For those of you who listen to the EEI podcast, I'll see you all late Friday. And for those of you who listen to the DFS, I'll see you on Saturday. Giddy up.